0: Now, from the rooftop of the Rockies, it's Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn.
1: Welcome to Hour 2 of Backbone Radio on this February 11th, 2024. We are intruding upon the Taylor Swift Super Bowl Sunday. That's happening right now, I do suppose, for that handful of folks out there that might have interest in it. Just so I could let you know, do a public service, and if you need to move on over there, we do totally understand we don't take it personally. Of course, it allows us to get away with just a little bit more around here on Super Bowl Sunday. We can lay it out, and I'm going to talk about using the difficulty, using the obstacle, a philosophy of life. Michael Caine, the actor, unveiling that one and I, I we'll, we'll talk about that for a second you know we try to do some of the lifestyle stories and philosophy stories here and there but one thing that's been affecting me here is that I keep looking up at producer Blake back there and the dude shaved his beard off you you just mowed it down Blake and I just wanted that in the public record how long was it when you uh, did it? did it take you most of a day to get that Shaved off? Yeah, uh, yeah, it did. I shaved it to an Amish beard first, and then I uh, made some butter, and then I shaved it all off after that. <laughs> made some butter, turned it up, turned it up. You win, Amish. <laughs> well done. Uh, by the way, um, Scott Presler is up there registering Amish voters in Pennsylvania, and that is really cool. The Republican guy, he's the vote vote register guy who should be the new chair of the RNC. After uh oh Mitt Romney's niece decided to step down, Ronna Romney McDaniel, she's on the outs. But but Blake, I don't want you going too clean cut on us. I mean you're you're looking very clean cut. So but you got a bangles hat on. What's what's is that a Bengals hat? As in Cincinnati? Go Bengals. Yeah. My gals. Yeah, but I bet you put yourself on the scale before you shave the beard and after I mean, you saw the arrow was going in like a different direction, because that, that was a big beard. That was a good. That was a respectable beard. People loved it. <laughs> was there any motivating impulse, or is that kind of one of those off-the-record things? Well, all hair should be grown out for world peace, and all hair should be cut for world peace. Hair peace, man. We Indeed. just want hair peace. <laughs> of course, the John Lennon pun, right? Hair peace. Get it? Yeah. Oh, wait, I got that. You ready? Yeah. You got it? Oh, no, never mind. You don't have it. (laughs) You got it? Have you got it yet? Nope. Don't (laughs) have that one. (laughs) No, But kudos to going beardless. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to make those sudden changes. I did shovel my driveway last night at 11.15 p.m. We had more snow in Denver. Earlier in the day, I took a snow run got over four miles out there running in the snow, and I am going to go on record as saying running in the snow is the best running, because you got the soft footfalls, it's not too slippery, right, and you just kind of enjoy it. You're out there, you got snowflakes flying in your face, you're breathing them in your mouth. It makes you want to nose-breathe when you run, as opposed to mouth-breathe, and they say that's better to try to nose-breathe, but if you're going fast enough, right, you got to mouth-breathe, so you'll inhale a few flakes, but... Snow running is where, it, where it's at. Snow trail running. Should have asked marathon man Rick about that. Just finished a marathon or two down uh, Mississippi, Alabama way. I always want to say Abalama. Sweet home Abilama. Where Trump apparently is ahead by like 84 points or something if you look at the polls. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. But ladies and gentlemen, every so often... In life, you encounter obstacles, you encounter difficulties, right? And so, what should be the mindset? I mean, we're all in this together, right, saddle pals? You're going along, you're living your best life, and then you know you have these obstacles that appear and present themselves, and it's just meant to be that way. Was not meant to be a glide path, an easy, flowing ride to the finish line. You got to deal. With all kinds of stuff. And you think, you know, okay, we're in this great country, right? Well, it used to be. And we've got the pretty much the best that any civilization can offer its inhabitants, you know, give or take a Biden administration or two. But yet still, it's, it's difficult, right? It's still, it's not easy. And good old Michael Caine, the actor, you know this guy. He's been in like every single movie. Everyone. I think Michael Caine has been in it. You'll recognize the voice if you don't recognize the name. And uh, he he just has this little vignette about uh, a life philosophy of using the difficulty. Use it. Put that difficulty to use. Work around it. Deal with it. Find a way. And that's kind of the spirit that I like to share around here. Let's Let's hear Michael Caine tell it.
2: You said that if you did have one philosophy of life, it was use the difficulty. Yes, use the difficulty. What does that mean? Well, I learned, I got it from a, a, I, was, I was rehearsing a play when I was a very young actor. And I had to come in this scene, I, it was a, a stage play. I'm behind the flats waiting to open the door. There was an improvised scene between a husband and wife going on inside. And then my, they, they got carried away and they started throwing things. And he, he threw a chair and it lodged in the, in the, in the, in the doorway. And I went to get, open the door. And i just got my head round, and I said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't get in. He said, what do you mean? He said, there's a chair there. He said to me, use the difficulty. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, if it's a comedy, fall over it. If it's a drama, pick it up and smash it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, use the difficulty. Now, I took that into my own life. You ask my children. They say, directly, anything bad happens, they go, have got to use the difficulty. How can we work? What can we, what can we get out of this? You know? Use the difficulty. And so... There's never anything so bad that you cannot use that difficulty. If you can use it a quarter of 1% to your advantage, you're ahead. You didn't let it get you down, you know? That's my philosophy. Use the difficulty.
1: That's Michael Caine's philosophy. Use the difficulty. And is there anybody out there, anybody in here, who could point around and say, oh, I've never had a difficulty? Never had one of those, never had a problem, never had a challenge, never had an obstacle. No, they're universal. Everybody has them. But the mindset, the mindset, Michael Caine, you know, an esteemed actor in Hollywood, right? (laughs) You know, we, we should look to actors for advice about how to live our lives, don't you think? But that one, I think, resonates. And, of course, I, I, I think Michael Caine's pretty darn pretty darn good actor and has been like in every movie for the last several decades, right? The mindset of using the difficulty, the mindset of using the obstacle. Hey, what can we get out of this? All right, this is bad. You know, you had some bad thing fly out of the universe, twirl around in front of your face, and then land right on you. What are you going to do about it, right? Where where do you go from here? Are you, are you going to just let it knock you over? Will you let that happen? Will you will you let will you like moan and whine and complain about it and say, "Oh no, this happened. It's just oh. What kind of a world is this where stuff like this happens?" Oh. Is that the mindset that we are meant to have that we should have? I will say this is a mindset a lot of people have. A lot of folks do have that mindset. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of whiners out there, and I think, you know, truth be told, we're all whiners on some level. But, you know, maybe on some level you also know that it's maybe not the posture you want to take towards life. Go back to Marcus Aurelius and he has that phrase, use the obstacle. Use it. Use it, you know, and you know, bad stuff gets, uh, gets dropped in your lap. Find a way around it. Use your mind. Use your resources. and Use your creativity. Say, okay, we've got to find something else to do here. We've got to get around this. We have to do this in some way or another. Let's do it. Take it as a challenge. Take it as a motivating thing. And as Michael Caine said, hey, what can we get out of this? If we, we can get one quarter of one percent of something out of this, then that's good. And I, 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 I th- I'm I, going to stand with Michael Caine on that one. And it's a mindset thing. When you you know, you have your mind trying to work around Say, Okay, you identify. That is an obstacle. That is a difficulty. That is a problem. So let's get around it. Let's find some way. If we can get one quarter of one percent of the way around it, that's that's where you start. That's how you do it. You might surprise yourself with how how well it goes. Radio, smartphone,
0: Radio. or a smart speaker. Use talk suddenly. Maybe that would
3: be too demanding. I'm just talking about too long with people who might reach a
1: Toby Keith, I'm just talking about tonight, that's what we're talking about, we're talking live tonight, Backbone Radio, 4 to 7 p.m., the multi-decade soundtrack to your Sunday nights, and we're so honored to be here, Matt Dunn behind here, Blake over there, the clean shaven Blake, who had a little interval of an Amish phase, yeah, I like that. I like that. And you've got Scott Pressler out there registering the Amish to vote. you got to get the Amish in there. Pennsylvania's for all the marbles, ladies and gentlemen. 2024, a new poll has Trump up 10. Oh. <laughs> if that poll is not outside the margin of, uh, of, you know, where the polling margin, right? Oh, man, that is huge. And there's no need to have Biden around. Maybe they do sub him out for somebody else. Even though they'd probably, what a risky deal that would be. I don't know if they actually did that. There's got to be a limit to the puppetry. I'm going to do an essay on puppetry later on in this program. But just throwing it, just so you hear it one more time Michael Caine on using the difficulty. And we'll segue and we'll show you how we segue. But Michael Caine, philosophy of life makes sense to me. How about you?
2: You said that if you did have one philosophy of life, it was use the difficulty. Yes, use the difficulty. What does that mean? Well, I learned, I got it from, a, a, I, was, I was rehearsing a play when I was a very young actor. And I had to come in this scene. I, it was a, a stage play. I'm behind the flats waiting to open the door. There was an improvised scene between a husband and wife going on inside. And then my, they, they got carried away and they started throwing things. And he, he threw a chair and it lodged in the, in the, in the, in the doorway. And I went to get, open the door and I just got my head round, and I said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't get in. He said, what do you mean? He said, there's a chair there. He said to me, use the difficulty. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, if it's a comedy, fall over it. If it's a drama, pick it up and smash it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, use the difficulty. Now, I took that into my own life. You ask my children. They said, directly, anything bad happens, they go, have got to use the difficulty. How can we work? What can we, What can we get out of this? You know? Use the difficulty. And so... There's never anything so bad that you cannot use that difficulty. If you can use it a quarter of 1% to your advantage, you're ahead. You didn't let it get you down, you know? That's my philosophy. Use the difficulty. That's my
1: philosophy, says
2: Michael Caine,
1: who, by the way, was in one of my all-time top ten favorite movies called Children of Men. Maybe we'll do our top ten movie list here as this program goes on. Blake, you might start preparing yours, but children of men... Michael Caine plays a John Lennon-type pacifist character in that one. Does a very good job, little round glasses, hairpiece, you know. But smash that chair. Pick it up and smash it, man. You got an obstacle, pick it up and smash it. Why not have that attitude? Use it as a springboard. All this difficulty landing in our laps, all this difficulty constantly... What if you just picked it up and smashed it? What if you if you can't try and do? What what if you at least got one quarter of one percent of advantage out of that? What if you did? Why not? That's what survivors do. You want to survive? You got to survive. You got to find a way. You got to find a way. You want to survive? Yes. And uh, maybe you just got to make that decision. Let's survive. Let's find a way. Let's use a springboard here. And it boils down to that mindset. Pick it up and smash it. The chair, the obstacle, the difficulty, use it. Easier said than done, yeah? Quite a bit easier said than done. But just one example here, and the lines have filled up again on us. Just one little example. Tucker Carlson got himself fired from Fox News. Yes, he did. The number one rated show in cable news media, the one show that people actually wanted to watch on cable news, the one show that isn't pure, scripted, deep state propaganda, in fact, goes into and after the deep state, exposing the deep state, exposing the ruling class, the establishment, the corrupt evil empire running this country, and they fired Tucker. Yeah. So what does he do? Well, he lands elsewhere. He lands on Twitter. Good opportunity with Elon Musk. And, you know, on a good night in cable news ratings, you might get 1.5, 1.8 million viewers. And that's if you're Fox News, which I believe is still number one. CNN gets around 500,000 viewers in an hour. MSNBC will get around a million for all that propaganda. But think about those numbers. Tucker Carlson just interviewed Vladimir Putin. Pooty Poot, as George W. Bush liked to call him. And when I came into the show, I looked, how many views has that had? 193 million. (laughs) Whoa! 193 million views so far on Twitter for the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin. I'll tell you right now, Tucker Carlson, who got canned, smashed in mid-career, the prime of his career, thrown to the curb by the utter outright morons at Fox News. Just a pile of jerks over there. Establishment jerks. Got rid of their one truth teller who wasn't playing Their stupid propaganda game. And he lands on his feet, folks. He smashed that difficulty. He smashed that obstacle. He gets up to 193 million. He is busily, as Tucker Carlson, making everything about the mainstream media look microscopic right now. I mean, you could add up a few months of cable news all the viewers there, and you still would not get to the amount of folks that are watching Tucker Carlson's interviews with different people. And he interviewed, you know, when he interviewed Trump, I think he hit 260 million, and that goes back, what, uh, three, four months ago? (laughs) The uh, end of the road, right? End of the road, difficulties, all these obstacles, all these troubles. Well, really? You think so? I don't think so. And I think Tucker did it just right there, ladies and gentlemen. And that, that's the mindset, right? That's the survivor mindset. And that's where, you know, Frank Luntz was over there saying, oh, gosh, you know, I think Trump's going to win in 2024, you know, Frank Lutz. He says Trump's a survivor. And you can apply it to politics. And, of course, I don't want to trivialize it by applying it to politics, but you can apply it to job changes. And you can apply it to acting, like in the case of Michael Caine. And Marcus Aurelius, that book, Meditations, which I quote from often around here, the Stoic philosopher and Roman emperor, you know, he would apply that principle to his daily life and had a lot of responsibilities as a Roman emperor, sitting down in his tent at night to write out a few of his thoughts and a few of his ideas. But one little clip, i just I just brought in one little clip about the from the Putin interview and where where did where did Matt host Matt hide that one let's just hear this one do the united states need this what for
2: thousands
0: of miles away from your national territory
2: don't you have anything better to do you have
0: issues on the border issues with migration issues with the national debt more than 33 trillion dollars You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? And realizing this, actually return to common sense, start respecting our country and its interests, and look for certain solutions.
1: Yeah, one little clip and that's uh translating what Putin was saying to Tucker there and I do think you get this many people watching this video and it does reduce the chances of World War 3 by what 30 40% something like that. I don't know. Our own corrupt mainstream media not happy with Tucker for exposing what Putin is actually thinking about this. More on this in a second.
0: Listen to the podcast of Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn at 710knus.com. I will
3: always do my duty, no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost, I know the sacrifice. Boy, oh, I don't want to die for you, but if dying's asking me, I'll bear that cross with honor. Cause freedom don't come free. An American, beside my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take a stand. When liberty is in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleeping in peace tonight, American soldier.
1: Toby Keith, American soldier. And we are mighty anti-war around here, at least anti-unjust war. But we are huge supporters of the American soldier. But we sure do lament the positions that they keep getting put in by the military-industrial complex, by our... Profit-seeking ruling class. I saw Mark Thiessen, a Washington Post writer, saying, uh, Oh, hey, Senator Tommy Tuberville, you're not in favor of sending money to Ukraine, more billions to Ukraine, but by golly, look at all this money that we're spending in Alabama where they make the bombs and they make the munitions, and you're turning your back on your own constituents in Alabama, Senator Tuberville. Man, what a piece of work that Mark Thiessen guy is. I realized I have a few books by that neocon Thiessen on my bookshelf in my sacred and hallowed man cave, and I was almost embarrassed, right? The American soldier has been put in a lot of very bad no-win positions over these past few decades, and you know what, uh, You know the, those soldiers know that, and they're telling, they're family members, not to go into the military now. We're having a bad recruiting problem now because, hey, people are waking up. Read the thrillers of Jack Carr. They know how they're being treated by the top brass, by the corrupt top brass in our now-woke military under Joe Biden. That was all started under Barack Obama. we got to understand this stuff. And, yeah, I do think that that Michael Caine used the difficulty... By the way, something happened with the phone lines, and they all just sort of like cut off. And so if you did want to check back in, and I saw the names Melissa, Lynn, Charlene, and a few others, do feel free to check back. We'll get right to, right to the conversations here. But you just got to understand, you know, um, yes, it's a brutal world. Don't be surprised by that. It's brutal, man. This is a rough, tough, nasty world. Sometimes you wonder if there's more evil than good in it. Sometimes you do wonder. But just don't be so shocked if bad things happen. Don't let it surprise you. And find a way to work right through it. Breathe right through it. Overcome it. Just accept that as normal. It's a tough world. Don't give it an inch. Don't give the evil people, don't give the bad people an inch. Don't give them credibility. Find a way to work right through them, right through the difficulties. Use it. And uh, what was it Michael Caine said? Smash that chair. Smash that chair. That's the attitude. Tucker Carlson has done that. That's what survivors do. And you choose. Do you want to survive or do you not want to survive? Do you want to survive? Do you want to find a way to ultimately win and prevail? Make things better? Provide for your family? Your friends? Be a pillar of your community? Reach out? Make progress, or do you just want to say, "Oh, there's just too much bad stuff going on. In the world is just too brutal for me." Why? What do you think the right response is there? Let's say, "Hey, to Charlene, calling from Arkansas, Little Rock area. Glad you're here. here. Welcome."
4: Well, I'm. I'm so much. I would so much rather tune in to you than the Super Bowl. I'm not even missing it. I don't even know who's playing. So <laughs> that's how much I care. So, yeah. But I'm encouraged by a couple of things, and one of them, you might can help explain this to me, is that uh, the Koch brothers have this group called Conserv- uh, Americans for Prosperity Action Group in the PAC, and they have uh, $70 million in the PAC. This was back last year, and it's going toward Nikki Haley but despite that and coke himself contributed uh, 25 million and then one of his nonprofits contributed 25 million one of the coke nonprofit groups so he put in 50 million of the 70 million so how is it they could not get her out of last place in Iowa and New Hampshire and now South Carolina. That, see, that gives me hope that that money really can't buy love. I mean, it's not working right buy-
1: now, is it, Charlene? All the money, yeah, all the big GOP donors, the globalists, the leftists—they're having a hard time. They're hitting a know, wall. And, and, it's and like they're throwing, love- they're shoveling their money, their they're their dollar in, into the money. fire.
4: Yeah, exactly. And you know, he's a businessman. Surely he sees no. Return on his investment. He, but you know, he's always funding people that oppose Trump. It, it, you know, even some of the candidates in Texas—they were Democrats. He would he would fund them instead of the Trump candidate that was right. running. Right, Charlene,
1: you remember all the stories about the evil Koch brothers back ten, fifteen, twenty years ago? The Koch brothers were the source of all evil. All the New York Times, Washington Post stories yeah, about how bad they were. Bad. But now uh-huh. that they're all into people like Nikki Haley. And the yeah, rhino GOP, is, they're, they're, somehow you don't see the negative stories on the Koch brothers anymore. Yeah, I think we're down Koch to one Koch run, brother yeah. now.
4: Yeah, let the Koch brothers run now, yeah, because they're on the right side. They're opposed to Trump. And I, all I can figure out is that they despise Trump so much is because Trump is American sovereignist and they are globalists. Because I was looking up their... Their assets and they're located in countries all over the world. They have as many employees outside the United States as they do inside the United States. So their interests are really global interests more so than American interests. Right. And that and fits that, in. Yeah. By
1: the time you're a billionaire in America these days, you tend to, you know, you were created by America. The American system made you a billionaire. But they
4: the way you up. stay
1: yeah. a billionaire and the way you get that next billion is to extract it from some other country around the world and stiff right. the American worker, the American people, the exactly. American way. And that's why we have these Godzilla billionaires that want to put America last, because that's where their next billion comes from. It's a, it's yeah. a tragedy. It's a distortion of capitalism, yeah. and it makes uh,
4: As long as we're buying the cheaply made goods from cheap labor overseas, that's all they want us around for. And they don't have any allegiance to America. That's the only thing I can think of is why he's fighting Trump so hard. And But I am encouraged by that, that that's not going anywhere, and then by this this Club for Growth seems to have thrown in the towel for uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, for Trump. Yeah, I mean, they, they were they, in the front
1: row out. at Trump's speech in South Carolina, and <clears throat> there's Trump up there saying he's going to do massive tariffs against China when he gets back in there, and the yeah. Club for Growth yeah, had to the sit there line. and listen to that, and I kind of thought, well, that's
4: yeah. that's yeah, pretty so cool. Thrown in the, the thrown in for yeah. So all that is very encouraging, and it just goes to back to People love Trump and they see him as authentic and he, you know, he's, he's just, you know, he just, he's just, he's got gravitas. And by the way,
1: Nikki Haley got last place. Um, She got third in Iowa and she got blown out in New Hampshire, even after they spent all that money, millions trying to get Democrats to flip over and vote for her, still lost by double digits. Then she lost down in the Virgin Islands by like 60 points. Um She spent money down, down there to try to, to try to get the Virgin Islands people to vote for her. That didn't work. She tried yeah. to, <clears throat> Nevada. Yeah. You saw Nevada, right? Where they don't even uh-huh. award delegates yeah. apparently. So Trump didn't enter into that one because they don't award delegates. But Nikki was in there and she still lost to none of the above. So Yes,
4: yeah, exactly.
1: They're throwing and, you know, money at Nikki because they think she can harm Trump or put a dent in Trump in some way and yeah, all it does is ruin there. the Nikki brand in my opinion.
4: Yeah, it ruins her brand and it keeps her out of the inner circle, that's for sure, if Trump gets in the White House. But um uh, oh yeah, so Laura Loomer just dropped a report on this um this group uh that got these uh four Rhinos in Colorado to sign on to that uh kicking Trump off the ballot, you know, the Krista Capers and the Andersons. This group that is that funded them and took it to the Supreme Court in Colorado, Laura Loomer's is exposing the financial ties they have to the people they are linked in with. And it's Well, it's Soros Money.
1: Yeah, and we, we yeah, covered that George months money. ago around here. It's George Soros Money, and um, it was the woman that runs whatever that organization is out in D.C. that put the money in here, and she said, yeah, George Soros yeah, is our biggest DC. funder.
4: Thing And they found four rhinos in Colorado to sign on to it. And and those people should be put on a rail and run out of town. I mean, they used to do that in the old west, didn't well, they? Well, all I they're mean, doing
1: is making themselves look like fascists and look like idiots. And it looks like the system is working here because the Supreme Court swatted them around like uh, like the flies that they are. And it was pretty yeah, pretty it, funny. Clarence Thomas, they, Gorsuch, you know? the rest of them.
4: yeah. It's a there, and so that tactic's uh, not working either. So I'm encouraged by all that. And yeah. I'm so glad you're entertaining us today. Keep it up
1: well, now. Oh, well, Charlene, and I love it when you take time from Arkansas, and, yeah, you don't even know who's in the Super Bowl, but you know everything <laughs> else important about well, like, to how to put America first and all that. Talk soon. Backbone Radio
0: with Matt Dunn on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS.
3: Now, Red Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals, and you, sir, do not have a pair of testicles if you prefer drinking from glass. Hey, Red Solo Cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 years, they are decomposable, and unlike my home, they are not foreclosable. Freddie Mac can kiss my ass. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I lift you up. Proceed to party. Proceed to party.
1: Now I really love. There we go. The Red Solo sack. Cup song from Toby Keith. That one was number one for like forever when that one came out. I think that was his best-selling song that Toby Keith ever did, and we're saying a big tribute to Toby Keith tonight. Lost him too young at the age of 62 last week, a few days ago. My folks have seen him in concert. I've seen him in concert. He carried the torch for Merle Haggard at one of his last shows that he ever did. Merle. One of the great ones. I've always said that I would like to vote for the ticket of Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard. If we could get them two to run. They're not with us anymore. But that doesn't matter if you're Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden was out there saying that he was just talking to Helmut Kohl of Germany. (laughs) And he said he was talking to Mitterrand de Francais. Joe Biden's out there talking to dead people. That's that's Joe Biden. And I don't know, I put this montage together, and Joe Biden, he's, he, he doesn't realize that these people are not alive. but he thinks that Al-Sisi is the president of Mexico. I mean, his presser was a disaster. The guy, it's, he's fading fast, and so the plan isn't working out so great. For the Democrats,
0: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot, look, a solid meeting with um, with uh, the uh, Los Angeles and uh, and. Uh,
1: um, uh, um, what am I doing here? From yeah, yeah uh, I could. Keep playing that montage, but that's that's Joe Biden. Then, as I never tire of playing this clip tonight. Don't worry if if Joe Biden has to step down, we've got Vice President Kamala Harris ready and waiting in the wings, and she can take care of, she can carry the load. Yeah,
4: you think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> you exist in
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the cackle, giggle. No, Hillary Clinton has the cackle. What do you call that? From Kamala Harris. had another. I'm getting a bunch of these texts to studio um, saying, hey, glad you're here on Super Bowl. A lot of people don't watch the Super Bowl. I find this out every year we do a Super Bowl show. And so many folks call in and text in. And Here's one. Thanks, Dr. Dunn. I don't watch the Super Bowl. And I might recognize maybe two Taylor Swift songs. Better use of my time to listen to Backbone Radio. End quote. Amen to that. And yes, I have started my new dental practice in Centennial with some great colleagues I've known for a few decades. If you're ever looking for a dental home, I'm out there and we have a lot of fun, a lot of caring, no judgment and a very spa-like, relaxing, mindful dental office, paying very close attention. Used to be on the Journal of the American Dental Association editorial board. I'd done a lot of stuff in the profession, and I just love the practice of it all week long for over two decades now. Hard to believe. 303-225-7575. That's the the new office, the new office phone number there. Feel free to check in. Had another text to studio, and I thought I would mention this. I was going to mention this anyway, that... You keep up with the thriller genre. Let's talk books for just a moment. And we do have a, a big book in the thriller genre was just released by an author named Terry Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. And the book is called Year of the Locust. Okay, And his, his last thriller book was called I Am Pilgrim which I read about, what, four or five months ago. Some It came out like six, eight years ago, and somehow I had never read it. And I read it, and i got to say, I was blown away. This Terry Hayes guy is an absolutely outstanding writer, and he gets up into the literary caliber for the thriller genre. And some folks might like this, that he's the guy who wrote Mad Max. He wrote the Mad Max movies, I think the first two or three of them. He's an Australian guy. Again, his name is Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, Terry Hayes, and uh, so this, he's been working on this Year of the Locust book for for a long time, and people have been waiting for it and waiting for it. When's it going to come out, man? Terry, what's taking so long? Anyway, finally it came out. It came out on Tuesday, and I snapped it up, and I'm already uh, a little ways into it, and I'll tell you what, it is phenomenal so far. You don't want to like go too far out on a limb with a book that you, you haven't read at all yet. But like I said, I Am Pilgrim was excellent. And this Year of the Locust, fascinating thriller. It's a lot of the settings across the Middle East, Pakistan, Iran. I think some other countries are about to come into it. I think they're about to head to India and the, the, the sheer power of this guy's descriptiveness and how we can carry a scene and how we can put dialogue together. A lot of thrillers, I will say. <clears throat> and I, I had never read thrillers until maybe the last two years. Just personally speaking, I, I always felt like you have to read the classics, you know. And Not that I've read all the classics, but I kind of thought, all right, you know, I've, I've read kind of a lot of the big stuff. And what's, what is this thriller genre? And so I got through some of the Vince Flynn. And some of that stuff is really pretty darn good. I even interviewed the author, the current author of the Vince Flynn franchise a little while back. And um, I read some Brad Thor. Of course, Brad Thor is horrible. That guy is like the worst writer ever. and He cranks out a, another thriller every year. And it's just like trash, man. Trash thrillers no good no talent as a writer and of course i bash brad thor um he's a one of those like never trumper types and so he's he's just bad but i have read a few of his books i will say this and uh so no brad thor um i discovered the gray man by mark greeny and you got to read all those books mark greeny man that guy can write a thriller they're kind of kind of uh, spartan they're kind of pared down but the plots that Mark Greene can put together, I don't know how he does this. You can create these in, like really complicated plots that sustain an action thread for like 400 pages of very good writing. They're not deep. You wouldn't say you go deep into the mind of the gray man or to uh, the other characters in the gray man universe. But the plots are so good and the action trajectory are so good. And you learn so much about the, that world, I think, that The Gray Man stuff is really worthwhile. Um, Jack Carr is huge. His first three books in particular are absolute must-reads. That would be, what, Terminal List, Savage Sun, and uh, what's, the name of this, what's the name of the second one anyway? And I've interviewed Jack Carr like three or four times. Make sure you read those books. But this Terry Hayes guy, I think, ennobles the thriller genre and so you might want to get it is a very big event for Terry Hayes to come out with his new book year of the locust and you know he combines like action with depth of thought and depth of uh, of character and you would say that the John le Carré would combine depth of character and brilliant brilliant writing but kind of a lack of action you know what I mean with John le Carré Tinker Taylor and all that lack of action, but Terry Hayes, folks, I, I look into this guy. You know, if you like that genre, man, woman doesn't matter. It's probably a little bit more of a male genre, but yet uh, don't don't miss this one. This is some stuff, and you're people are gonna be reading this guy in a few decades, even. All right, be right back.